You are listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. So good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the CCB GTT National Call. This is January 13th, 2021. Uh, we're going to talk about taxes. And this was kind of sparked by a call that we had a few months. Uh, no, it was just before Christmas, I guess, when we were ended up talking about this quite a bit. And then we thought, well, it would be good to have some people talk about it that um, know more about it than than I do. Um, and so I asked Joseph DeRoche from, Edmund, from Edmonton and Wayne Antle from Ottawa to speak on this. Partly uh, because um, Joseph is an accountant and Wayne uh, used to work for CRA. Um, they're also both totally blind. So it means that they understand our questions and our views and our needs when it comes to keeping track of things and doing, doing taxes. And also um, one uses a PC, Joseph uses the PC and Wayne uses the Mac. So um, thank you to Wayne and, and Joe for doing this. And I'm going to let Joe start uh, for us first. And then we'll let Wayne and then we will take questions after. Yeah, it's uh, Joseph Dorsch in uh, Edmonton. Uh, good evening to everybody. And I'll get started. Uh, why file a tax return? Uh, some people say uh, haven't done it for years. Well, here's why. Uh, you're missing out on uh, uh, things like GST and, oh, and you, you wouldn't be on the voters registry. So uh, those people that haven't uh, done it in the past, they should go to a, a, a tax center in their city and uh, go to the forms room and uh, obtain the tax packages for the years they haven't filed. And all they have to do is put their social insurance number, their uh, <coughs> uh, name and address and, and so on. And uh, of course they won't have no slips. So there won't be no numbers. All they have to do is sign the back, uh, fold it and put it in the envelope that comes with the package and drop it in their box. And uh, uh, chances are they're going to get, you know, all of the GSD and stuff for previous years. Uh, GSD for 2020 will be for around $450. First payment, their quarterly payments will start in July. Uh, now we'll get into uh, uh, the disability amount. Uh, this is triggered with a the schedule or the form T2201. Uh, the disabled person fills out the first two pages. This, the remainder of the document, uh, I think it's two pages. The, their physician uh, fills that out. The key thing on uh, the disability 2201 is uh, the date that the disability started. So chances are uh, it could go back uh, uh, a couple years, even more. I've done uh, returns where it went back uh, 10 years and there was a substantial amount of refund involved. So uh, that's 
but all I have to say about the disability amount. Next thing is uh, working at home. Uh, a lot of employers are having their employees work at home and their salaried employees. So the key there, if you want to take a deduction for other employment expenses, which is in line number 229, just above net income line, uh, you have to get the form 2200 uh, uh, filled out by your employer. And you keep, and he'll, he or she signs this form and uh, it outlines uh, when your employment at home started. And uh, you keep that on hand. You don't have to send it in with your tax return unless Revenue Canada asks for that form. So in that case, you would just photostat it and send the form in. So on that, uh, uh, when you're uh, claiming these expenses, you have to trigger uh, a schedule. It's the T777. And on that form, you put in the employer's name and you could take deductions for, say, uh, advertising. You might have to uh, take somebody out for a meal or something, and 50% of that would be deductible. There's supplies there. Uh, the supplies you can claim are anything you use in your in your office, in your home. Uh, that could be uh, pens and pencils, paper, uh, ink toner, ink cartridges. Uh, uh, the, I think I mentioned uh, paper supplies. But you can't uh, uh, put in, say, uh, cell phone, the whole cost of a cell phone. Uh, further down that schedule, it says specify, and you just write in there uh, cell phone. And with respect to uh, using your cell phone for work, it's only the air minutes. So you kind of have to keep track, a log of uh, minutes used uh, for business purposes. And then further down the schedule, and that goes for internet usage too. You, you can't just deduct your monthly payments and you can't deduct the actual cost of the cell phone. Further down the schedule, uh, you claim office and home expenses. So let's assume you got a thousand square foot uh, apartment or a house and you're using a small bedroom as your office. Uh, so, uh, and it's 10 by 10. So uh, on that schedule, uh, you put in the number of square feet uh, for the office and in the total area of, the, of the, uh, uh, your apartment or house. And in there, you, you can put in your, uh, all your utilities, maintenance, maintenance uh, that's associated with, with just that work area. And uh, you can't deduct mortgage interest in this uh, uh, field. So uh, with respect to the utilities, for an example, if you were confined to home from April till December, so that would be uh, what, nine months. So uh, only use those expenses and it'll automatically prorate 
you know, the 100 over 1,000. So that uh, the end uh, calculation uh, ends up on line 229. Then there's self-employment. Some of you uh, could be self-employed. You, you've got a, a proprietorship registered and uh, uh, you use uh, form uh, 2125 to uh, record all your uh, sales and then all the expenses, cost of goods and, and then uh, everything below that, in, including supplies, office and, and so on. And um, that schedule is uh, quite lengthy. Uh, there's many pages to it. And uh, in, in that situation, you can also uh, claim office and home expenses. And as I described, that's how it would work here. But you can't use office and home expenses for both of these things, like uh, working at home or self-employment. It's one or the other. Uh, now we get into climate action. Uh, I noticed uh, uh, a lot of my clients, uh, well, they're now new uh, clients. Uh, they were filing manually, always doing their taxes manually. And then when they discovered discovered that they never took the advantage of the climate action. So if you're doing it manually, you have to trigger form or schedule number uh, 14, do the, the calculation there. And uh, the end calculation ends up on line 4511, actually 451 or uh, uh, 451. So uh, for an example, uh, that amount, and you actually get this money. Uh, it's uh, uh, for Ontario, for an example, I just had a, an update on what that amount is going to be in Ontario. It's 300 for a single person. And if it's uh, a couple filing, uh, the spouse uh, gets 150. So together they'll get $450. And this varies from province to province. Uh, Saskatchewan, for an example, uh, they get the most. Uh, it's 500 for a single, uh, 250 for the spouse if they're coupled. So a total of 750. Uh, Alberta, it'll end up being $735 for, for a couple. Then we get into uh, carrying charges, donations, and... Uh, uh, Oh, what was that other thing I was going to talk about? Oh, it'll come to me. Anyway, uh, carrying charges. Uh, be careful. I noticed lots of people miss this. Uh, sometimes the uh, uh, interest or consulting fees will appear as a note on a T5 or a T3. So watch for these notes at the bottom of these slips. Otherwise, uh, uh, you would use your uh, uh, statement, year-end statement from your financial institution, and it'll have the uh, the fees that you've paid. So those are deductible. They go into line 221. Now, one thing about uh, uh, these consulting fees, you can only deduct... Uh, the ones in your non-registered investments. Uh, the registered investments, you can't deduct those fees. 
uh, that stays in the in that investment portfolio. Uh, now we get oh uh, medical expenses. Okay, uh, remember I, I mentioned line two two nine for the employment expenses, but the next line down on the tax return is the net income line two thirty. Uh, and really pay attention to this when it's a couple filing. Uh, medical expenses, you apply to the lowest uh, tax return. So the lowest income. Uh, carrying charges to the highest income on that uh, 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 tax return. Uh, now with uh, those uh, medical expenses, uh, People on medication uh, often uh, have um, a lot of uh, receipts for uh, the prescriptions that are, are filled. And often they, they tend to lose uh, two, three, or four of them. So uh, I, I always suggest at the end of the year, um, go to your pharmacy and ask, for uh, the, the statement for the whole year. So you've got everything you need right there. Uh, pretty well on uh, uh, the, the uh, medical expenses. Uh, the, uh, the big items would be like dentistry and so on. Uh, so uh, I also deduct, uh, you know, for myself, and I'm sure a lot of you do, uh, products you buy from CNIB, like the uh, White Canes, I, I take the deduction, and even tips for the canes. Uh, now, uh, if there's a lot of uh, medical expenses, uh, don't be surprised if you get tagged and uh, Revenue Canada requests the, the, those receipts. So if that happens, uh, uh, photostat uh, and uh, send in the photostats. So uh, I've had quite a few that uh, have been tagged that way because Revenue Canada don't have any of those receipts or slips. So they, they really uh, will never question T4, T5s, or T3s, any of that stuff. Uh, now we get into uh, pension splitting. Uh, if uh, one partner in, uh, in uh, well, uh, a couple, uh, one is retired from a company or uh, a government agency that they work for, they get a monthly pension. So they'll get uh, a T4A for that. And uh, uh, I split that between husband and wife. And uh, to trigger that, you use the form T1032, joint election to split pension income. And uh, as we move along, uh, 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 capital gains and losses. Uh, a lot of times you'll get a hot tip. I don't know if some of you do this. And they'll invest in the stock. So they buy the stock. And uh, gee, all of a sudden it makes a bunch of money and they they dispose of it and sell it and, and they think to themselves, ah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that on my tax return. You know, I only did it once, so I'm not gonna do it. But 
Revenue Canada does know anytime you do any stock trade, they get a, a T5008 slip from the financial institution or the stock broker's office. So on that slip, all, all the, the only number that appears there is the name of the company you traded and, uh, and the proceeds, but no cost. So they can come back and actually assess you uh, because you never reported it. And they'll assess you at the, the gross amount with no cost deducted because they don't know that. So <clears throat> you should always file the, uh, the schedule number three, that's capital gains, and you report your, your stock trades there. Now, let's suppose you ended up with a, uh, a tax, a capital loss. So I would report those. <clears throat> well, you, you should report them. And if you've had uh, capital gains in three previous years, you could apply those losses to those years and, and uh, file an adjustment. And that's triggered on the T1A, request for loss carry back. So I think, uh, I don't know if everybody was provided with an 800 number that I provided to, to Revenue Canada. If you have questions, if you do phone in, uh, make sure you have the, uh, the last tax return you filed in front of you because they uh, verify your identity and they'll ask you all kind of questions about that tax return. Uh, mainly uh, a name, birth date, and so on, but they will home in on a specific line, like uh, what's your total income? So you, you'll have to uh, look at that, and that would be on, uh, I think, line number 150. Uh, so I think at this point, uh, no, I had one other thing. Oh, yeah, the charitable donations. There's two kinds of uh, donations, charitable and political. They're different. You can't put, uh, put the political into line uh, 409. And there's a, you know, a, a better a calculation. Uh, the charitable donations end up on line 349 just before the, the calculation for refundable tax credit. Uh, the highest uh, income uh, return uh, should uh uh, record the uh, uh, charitable donations and uh, the uh, uh, political donations. Uh, and just a, a brief mention about uh, the disability amount. Uh, if it's a couple and they have, say, a child that's disabled, uh, the highest income return uh, should take that uh, uh, amount on their return. So I think at this point we could take questions. Anyway, if you do uh, uh, call Revenue Canada, you have to be patient. I think all government services are like that. It doesn't matter which department it is. Uh, it takes, you know, they're overwhelmed with uh, phone calls right now. And, uh, it, you know, everybody's a little stressed out with COVID and so on. And, uh, uh, you know, when you finish your call, Always thank these people because 
they really are doing a good job and trying to help lots of people. So that goes a long way by letting them know. And, uh, you know, they, they'll just do that little bit of extra next time they pick up the phone. Okay, great. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Joe. Um, I just want to build on what Joe said uh, a couple of things. Uh, just a couple of points to note uh, before I get into mine. With medical expenses, uh, remember that you can claim medical expenses for, for both you and your spouse together on one return for any 12-month period that ends in the year. So you could have picked the 12 months where you had the highest medical expenses as long as that period ends in the year. And also remember, especially for us retired people that pay into uh, uh, medical insurance, private health services plan, uh, health insurance, you, that, those premiums qualify as medical expenses. And it makes a, it, it can make a big difference. Um, and medical expenses, just remember that, that you know, uh, a lot of the devices we buy as blind people qualify. Uh, service dog expenses qualify as medical expense. So ju just keep that in mind. And CRA's website actually has a, a very good list of, uh, of medical expenses. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to touch on with the work at home expenses, there has been a recent change because of COVID and uh, everything Joe said is exactly right, but there is a new provision that allows for a simplified claim since so many people had to work at home for COVID. So uh, if you worked at home more than 50% of the time for a four week period, four consecutive weeks or more in 2020, uh, instead of keeping receipts and having to fill out the T2200, you can claim $2 a day for every day in 2020 that you worked at home up to a maximum of $400. So that's a simplified method that a lot of people will use for, it only applies to 2020 and it's a $400 deduction if you're working at home. Uh, just uh, uh, just to touch on that. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to move into the few things I was going to talk about. The first thing is my account on CRA. Uh, I use my account and um, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a very accessible service uh, of CRA. And with my account, when you're registered, you can log in and uh, you can see your notice of assessment. You can uh, look at all the payments you've made or refunds you've received. Uh, look at your RRSP contribution room. Uh, look at the status of a reassessment request. And you can even make a reassessment request through my account. Um, you, another neat feature of my account is um, when the information slips are posted, you can actually look at all the information slips that have been issued to you and they're accessible. So you can look at T4s, T4A slips, T5 slips. So you don't even have to wait for them in the mail. They're all there in my account. Uh, to register for my account, uh, 
you can go to the website and the easiest way, I mean, I can give you the site, it's canada.ca slash revenue agency. But what I did to find the site quickly, I just typed CRA my account registration or CRA my account login and the top hit on Google will bring you there. And uh, to register for my account, uh, it's a little bit of a process. Uh, the first step is you have to um, you have to give your uh, have your social insurance number. Uh, it'll ask you for your date of birth, and it will ask you for a piece of information from your last tax return. So you will need your last tax return there. So it might ask you what was online uh, 230 and net income or what was your total income. And that's to verify your identity. So when you do that, then you'll be asked to create a username and password. And uh, uh, once that's done, you have limited access to my account. The CRA, and this is where it gets a little bit of an accessibility issue, will mail you an access code uh, or security code. Uh, you'll get that in about a week to two weeks. But my understanding is you can also phone the, the toll-free CRA number, and they will tell you over the phone what your security code is once they verify your identity. So with that security code, when you go into my account and enter your username and password that you've created, you'll be asked to enter the security code for full access. You enter that code and then you're fully registered. You don't need to enter that code again. It's just a one-time thing. And then you're registered and you have complete access electronically to anything CRA would mail you. So I would highly recommend, like as a totally blind person, uh, I can go in and independently review my notice of assessment, look at my information slips, uh, look at really any information I would want from CRA. So, so that's that's a little bit about my account. Um, the the next thing I wanted to talk about was again building on what Joe said, the disability amount. Uh, this is a, a great uh, tax credit. And uh, what, what a lot of people don't realize, and Joe touched on it a bit, is you can also go back 10 years. So when, when you fill out or get the T2201 form approved, there will be a date on it as when your disability started. Uh, if you notice that date is three, four, five years ago, you can request reassessments and, and it can be a substantial refund issued to you. So just to go and uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive into this, um, in order to qualify for the disability amount, uh, I'm just gonna talk from a, a, a perspective of blindness. Uh, if you're blind, legally blind, we, uh, we, we, we say, I don't know where that term came from, but anyway, if you have a visual acuity of 2200 or less uh, with the best corrective uh, uh, glasses or if your combined field of vision is less than 20 degrees you're considered blind for the purposes of the disability tax credit mm -hmm. and you would qualify the other way you can qualify is if you're not legally blind but you have a significant visual um, 
impairment in combination with another condition that also significantly restricts another activity of daily living, then you can qualify. It's really the physician that will make that determination. So when you fill out your T2201, uh, you have to get a medical practitioner, uh, probably your family doctor or eye doctor, ophthalmologist, to fill out part of it, and you send it in to CRA uh, for the first time. When CRA receives the form, they will review it, and eventually you'll receive a notice of determination. Now, you can file that form with your tax return or separately. Um, when you get your notice of determination, if they accept your claim, that will also have a start date. So it might say you've been considered uh, to have a severe and prolonged disability since this date. Let's say, for the sake of argument, they say since, uh, you know, uh, February 2014. Then you can request adjustments for all your tax returns, 2014, 15, 16, right up to now by filling out the, you can do it two ways. Uh, you could fill out the T1 ADJ form and mail it to your tax center, but you don't need to resend in the 2201 because you've already got the notice of determination. Or you can, for the later years, do it through my account, request a reassessment, or even through some of the tax software, there's an option for refile. So, uh, to ask for reassessments. But uh, certainly if you qualify, do it. I mean, it could be thousands of dollars. It, it's not a small amount. So um, uh, that's, uh, I just wanted to, to make sure you're aware of that because you can go back 10 years under the taxpayer relief provisions. Um, so that, that's the, uh, my account and the disability amount. Uh, the third thing I wanted to touch on was um, how I keep, this is just how I do, keep track of things when you have a lot of receipts, like medical expenses. Um, what I do is uh, when, when I have an expense, whether it's, uh, I, I don't have a lot of prescriptions. Luckily, my wife and I are both covered under the re, uh, public, health, public service health care plan as retirees and 100% of our medication is covered through both plans. Uh, but a lot of other things, there's a portion that isn't like dental and eyeglasses. So every time I have an expense, I, I have a spreadsheet that I start each year. So for instance, I've already made an entry for 2021. So I had a dental. So I'll always, I try to keep it my motto is keep it as simple as possible. Um, I just have a basically three column spreadsheet. I have the first, uh, which says what it is. Second, which says the total amount. And the third column is the amount I paid. And it's the third column that's important. because That's what qualifies as a medical expense. So for instance, if I went to the dentist and it was $150 cleaning and I had to pay uh, or I paid a or total cost was 150, but uh, my insurance covered 90. I paid 60, so I put 60 in that third column. And then at the end of the year, it's very easy. I just open that spreadsheet and it's totaled. That's my total medical expenses. 
I'll add on to that what I paid to my uh, health insurance. And uh, then I can move that to the tax return. So that's just, that's just something I found uh, work for me rather than having to go through a bunch of receipts at the end of the year. Um, the other thing I wanted to just look at, uh, I was going to talk a little bit about some quick tips, but I'm glad some of it was on online banking. So David's going to cover that on Wednesday uh, because um, I do most things electronically. What I've done is I went out of my way to switch as much as I could to electronic, all my bills, whether it's hydro, gas, uh, the city of Ottawa, um, uh, uh, Rogers, the, I get all of the electronic, actually credit card statements, I don't get any paper bills anymore. So by getting the electronic bills, I can actually read them and review them. And, uh, and I know David's going to go into this, but for the most part, online banking is a very accessible. Uh, I only ran into one institution that is usable, but it's not fun to use. But most of the big banks, CIBC, TD, BMO, are all very accessible. Um, but I want to leave that for, uh, for David on Wednesday. And uh, I think uh, that's, uh, that's all I really wanted to, to cover. There is another deduction I should, I just thought of it actually. Uh, if some of the things that qualify as medical expenses, if you had to incur costs uh, to enable you to work, some of those could actually be, instead of having to go into medical expenses, which has to exceed a threshold, as Joe referred to, it's, uh, it's basically, it has to exceed 3% of your net income or 2,300 dollars, whichever is less. But there is, uh, you can actually deduct it against employment income. For some of that, like uh, for example, braille displays, uh, optical scanners, uh, they can be deducted uh, as an exp employment expense. Um, so that's something you might want to look into if you, uh, you know, if you're working and have to purchase that. Now, for a lot of us, like I was fortunate to work for the federal government, so the uh, uh, all those devices were purchased for me. So, but just for those people who who may be working for employers and they have to sort of uh, provide their own accommodation. Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll-free at 1-877-304-0968. You can follow our GTT blog at gttprogram.blog. If you'd like to subscribe to our email support list, you can send a blank email to gttsupport plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And you can follow the Canadian Council of the Blind on the web at ccbnational.org.